Support for NPR and the following message come from PBS, presenting The Facebook Dilemma, a frontline investigation into Facebook's impact on privacy and democracy that asks whether it's uniting or dividing us. Tune in or stream starting Monday at 9 Eastern on PBS. You know, Bob, I've I've been doing All Songs Considered with you now for 17 years. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> my, my, my chair just flew down. <laughs> but before that, I spent more than a decade working at NPR member stations, and I cannot tell you how critical it was for us to have financial support from our listeners. And we have the best fans in the world, and we are asking you to support your local station. So do that just like right now. All you have to do is go to donate.npr.org slash allsongs, donate.npr.org slash allsongs. From NPR Music, you're connected to All Songs Considered. 2017 is almost over, and this is our year in review. I'm here with Stephen Thompson and Robin Hilton here in Washington, D.C. And Ann Powers is in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, everybody. Hey, Bob. So we're going to do a chronological hop of sorts through the year. We're going to play music, and the music behind me right now is the music of Algiers, and this song seemed to carry a message for 2017. It's called The Underside of Power. Uh, it was a year that started with the intersection of politics and music. Let's give a listen to this by Algiers just for a minute. Here in Washington, D.C., as around the entire country, politics and music just f- seem to fill everybody's uh, lives and their attitudes and all that seemed to be going on at the top of the year. Yeah, I think a lot of artists performed with a lot more urgency and intensity this year. Politics was, was never far from anything anybody was saying or doing. I, I mean, it really... <clears throat> oh, this is, By the way, this is Robin Hilton, who's going to, as Dan said, sound a little bit more like what, Marlena Malena <laughs> From screaming at our uh, <clears throat> 10th anniversary party we had on Saturday, I still haven't quite recovered. You weren't out there screaming in the streets politically? Yeah. Well, you, you know, obviously one of the big stories of the year were all the reports of sexual harassment and assault and discussions about how women are treated. It really sort of erupted this fall with the Harvey Weinstein allegations that came out, I, I can't believe it was October. I mean, if you'd yeah. asked me, I would have Feels said, so I don't know, six months ago or something. It's only all this has really just come just tumbling down in the last couple of months. But really, if you go back to the very beginning of the year, back to January, it all sort of started uh, with the Women's March uh, on Washington, marches that happened all over the country in support of human rights that happened the day after the presidential inauguration. And one of the first songs to become identified with this moment was heard first at the Washington, D.C. rally, where a group of women led by the singer, uh, who's known as Milk, uh, began popping up and doing this a cappella version of a song of hers called Quiet. And uh, it ended up becoming the unofficial anthem of, of the moment. We should listen to the words to this. Bye. 
Uh, and Milk says that she read this is the version that was recorded live as it happened on the on the mall. There's a studio version of it as well. Uh, and she says that she wrote this song based on her own experiences with sexual assault and abuse. And it's her way of saying that she refuses to remain silent uh, or to stay quiet about what happened to her and so many other women. And it seemed at the time like something that was very much of the moment, but turned out to be uh, pretty prescient, I think, for the for the entire year. It's something we'll probably be talking about on this entire episode. We sure will. And, and the words to the song are just crushing to me. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's she talks about you know mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut, know your place. It's just a devastating song, and and really, it was really powerful in the moment they were singing it as well. And so what we're going to do for the rest of this show is we're going to go through, we'll take the show in a quarterly way here, <laughs> January, February, March. Uh, <laughs> that would be the first <laughs> I quarter. Count, that would, count it out. I had to do it on my fingers, as, as you can see on radio. And Powers, you want to uh, talk about a piece of music that came out in those first three months? One of my favorite artists, Rhiannon Giddens, the great undefinable artist often categorized as an Americana artist but really can do so many different kinds of music. She released a very very powerful album called Freedom Highway. It's her second solo album after um, her years in the group the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Um, Her first was mostly covers. This one includes a lot of original songs and it really traces the history of African-American music and culture uh, via stories starting in the antebellum era, starting with slavery, moving through Jim Crow, the Great Migration, into the Civil Rights era, and all the way up to the present, all the way up to Black Lives Matter. And I am just stunned by this album. I'm stunned by her inquiry into history, and I'm particularly stunned by the song we're going to hear now, It's called Julie, and it tells the story of an enslaved woman and her mistress confronted with oncoming Union soldiers, the intimacy between these two women. The mistress assumes a kind of closeness and love and devotion that in fact, in the end, and the the amazing twist in this song uh, reveals that Julie, the enslaved woman, never felt that connection and certainly didn't because this woman sold her children. It's such a powerful story. It has direct roots in true stories. And Rhiannon's performance is just so, it's chilling every time I hear it. Let's hear a little of it. Mistress, oh mistress, I do see And I'll stay right here till they come for me Dear. 
we're going to be able to put songs on the website for you to hear this whole story because uh, we want to get to a lot of stuff and and a lot of things we'll talk about you may not have even heard that happened this year you might ask yourself and then we'll also cover stuff that you do know pretty well Stephen, you have a, another uh, piece of music that i'd say is probably not on everybody's list yeah, uh, I, I really gravitated to a lot of music uh, that sounded really unbound in, in 2017. Uh, artists uh, whose music just seemed to be flying off in a bunch of different directions at once. I loved uh, experiencing the sound of what felt like absolutely unbridled creativity. And I, I so I wanted to name check a Chicago musician by the name of Namdi Agbanaya. He's a Chicago musician. He's He uh, put out an album this year called Drool. Uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist and and he just packs his songs with ideas and energy, kind of in the spirit of another artist from the Midwest I love named uh, Tunde Olanaran, uh, who keeps making great music. This Namdi Agbanaya record is so fun. It's called Drool. The, the song that I want to play uh, features guest performances by JD, a.k.a. Thrash Kitten, and Maldivisa, who uh, we've talked oh, about yeah. on the show before. Uh, it's so fun. Is. The song is called Don't Turn Me Off. No chill, I'm too punk. All these youngs think I'm doing too much. You ain't see shit. I ain't done nothing. You drew like your lips were built to spill. I'm a secret. You keep it. Your drool is a weakness. Gonna nip at these bitches on chlorophyll. Surrounded the caution yellow. When I'm around you, it's not so little. Please drown in your drool like you're down in the pool. With your legs tied up to a cinder block. You're a vacant hearted kid in the garden. I'm a filthy arbor. You smell me coming. Running shit, my caps is crazy. Passion's never been optional. It's a package deal with the product, bro. You don't even gotta pay extra. You just gotta pay respect. To Everybody wants to be next up. I just wanna inspire them. I just wanna go viral. And no, I never get tired. I'm a legendary bring Bringing the holies of holies down to the darkest. That's just the job of an artist. Don't even get me started. Cause. Talk about talk about genre defying. Yeah. What is that? It's a jam that has phases to it. And I lo- I just love that. It <laughs> yeah. it has it has a whole almost like sweets <laughs> within it. Uh, I think he's incredibly talented and cannot wait to hear more. That was just such a welcome jolt of joy in 2017. I think there's so many interesting albums this year that are combining kind of electronica, uh, hip-hop, R&B. I think about the Princess Nokia record, which is one of my favorites of the year. I think of the Open Mic Eagle record that um, tells a story of his family's journey through the housing projects. These albums really show we are, we're never going to move completely beyond genre. Genre is a tool of capitalism, a marketing (laughs) tool. But we are hearing people really take chances and and step and live inside that that in-between place. Yeah. And you would think that the quantity of music that came out this year was absolutely, it seemed out of 
control. Yeah. yeah. And I yes. think, and I don't say that as a complaint other than, wow, I just can't <laughs> keep up. But I say that in that we all were able to find our pockets of things that were different from one another. And there wasn't as much unifying music, not to say there wasn't great music, but I think we all gravitated toward very different things this year. You know, Stephen found the unbridled, right? right. So uh, I found the uh, I found the Brian Eno this year, uh, <laughs> and I, what I mean by what I mean by that is okay, this is behind me is a is something called reflection. And the reason I went by Brian Eno and the reason why I want to talk about it is not that Brian Eno. This is album twenty six, I think, of Brian Eno. So it's not what he did with this record was to make it. Uh, okay, fine, he put out a quote-unquote CD or a streamable 45 or 40, 50-minute record. But what he really did with this record and the intent of this record was not to be a record. Mm. And so you could, he made what was a, a an app of which would uh, play endlessly. He tried to unbound that idea of what a record is. We saw some of that happen with artists in 2016, with albums that morphed and shaped and so forth. But this is a record that you put on and anything in his boundaries of what he calls reflection changes he even released over each season a slightly different version so there's a fall version and a spring version and also it's visual so it's not just listening experience it's an experience you can have by watching i put it uh, and i'll just say on my apple tv and it's just on and it's this beautiful light and painting that changes over time and it will never repeat the same thing twice and uh, i just think it's something to look forward into the future we've seen hints of it right robin we've seen hints of this sort of thing happen well, before york did it with her biophilia brian Eno himself did it with this blue map basically creating these iterative algorithms that create the yeah. music for you well and i robin, mean kanye west kind of did it with life of pablo yeah, not creating exactly. an app but like yeah. a work that never was completely finished although we don't know if that's because of his great vision or his great neurosis <laughs> <laughs> well robin one of your favorite artists uh, illuvium put out a record this year called shuffle drones oh my yeah. gosh yes that's right and it's uh, all these 33 second fragments that mm-hmm. you're meant to listen to Random. out of order yeah. and allow them to form a different experience each time yeah so I, I just imagine what records, uh, the, as we celebrated our 10th anniversary, one of the things uh, here at NPR Music, one of the things I was thinking about is what is what is music, will, what will it be like in 10 years? And I think these are the sorts of things that hint at the possibilities yeah. of what the future uh, can be. And, and that's why I bring up uh, Brian Eno's reflection. Let's see, where shall we go next? Well, now we're in the future. Where can we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it back to <clears throat> April. I think it's fair enough to start the second quarter with what is the album that will probably be at the top of most humans' lists. <laughs> right. And, most uh, humans' lists. Right. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Vanessa nigga with some counterfeits, but now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant lives. In fact, I'm down in this. Tuesday with my My left stroke just went viral. 
I mean, Kendrick Lamar, obviously the record damn in the song Humble. I, I was thinking, you know, there are way smarter people who have, have written and said more about this record than I, I ever could. I'll just say I listened to it more than anything else this year. It is a, a dense, intense listen. Uh, it's multi-layered. Uh, it's an album all about dualities and conflicts and contradictions in society, in our culture, but also a very inward-looking album. It's an artist at war with himself, uh, in a way. Uh, in a song like this, I was thinking, Humble, it's just sort of, it's this riddle, it's sort of like a cone. It's like the um, a circular, um, what do you call that? Uh, it was literally that, Yeah, I mean, well, the whole album was, yeah, from start to finish, it ends where it begins. And in fact, he's, Lamar is releasing a, um, a, a special collector's edition that has all the tracks reversed and it still tells a compelling story. But, mm. you know, in a song like, like Humble, the more you try to take it apart, the more paradoxical it becomes. It's like he's, he's taking down all of his rivals in it and talking about his own greatness, but at the same time, he's demanding humility right. of himself. Now, I only know that he's addressing himself because he mentioned it in an interview. No, 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 that's me I'm talking to. But without that context, he could be talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be, you know, so... He's demanding humility of everyone else, or is he demanding, you know, is it this, is it just unbridled bragging about how awesome he is, or is it this sort of inward reflection seeking humility? Um, but this whole but, record, the, the deeper I get into it, the more questions it raises, the more, like I said, paradoxical it becomes. It's an incredible listen. I've had some interesting conversations with Rodney Carmichael, our hip-hop critic, uh, about this album and uh, how Kendrick Lamar is also addressing religious and spiritual issues and looking at the kind of heritage of of, um, black American religious life, that's another strain that runs through it. It's it's almost mythological, the story he tells. It is. You know, I've said, you've heard people say before, like, oh, you could teach a whole college course on this record. Uh, But this is one like you could major in. (laughs) I mean, it, it it is also just musically and lyrically, it is just an edge of your seat listen for me and not for nothing it has maybe the year's most beautiful ballad that that song love is so thoughtful and 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 seductive and i I just get sucked into it again and again i listened to that album that was my like late summer like kind of sticky late summer jam that i Mm. fell in love with I listened to it, this this album five times in a row the, the day it came out, which Steven, I can't think of Steven, respect to Kendrick, but the year's most beautiful ballad is No One Knows Me Like the Piano by Sampha. Oh, that I is totally, a great song. This There's is a, like been chosen. Okay. This is, That's this a great is, song. You know, there, scientifically proven. There is a great Jay- Jason Isbell ballad. There's a great Sylvanesso <laughs> ballad. I, I should probably uh, I should probably temper my, my, my hyperbole, but it is a beautiful song. And just speaking of albums that have this tremendous invention behind them and a tremendous amount of pressure and hype leading up to them, one of my favorite records of the year is uh, by an artist, technically her first full-length album. Uh, the album is called Control, and the artist is SZA. Uh, who just was just nominated for five Grammy Awards is clearly having her 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 just gigantic moment. Uh, kind of what you were saying, Robin, about the Kendrick record. This is a record that you can study and get lost in and find contradictions in, uh, but also just kind of roll around in how weird and sometimes confrontational and sometimes beautiful and languid uh, this record is. Uh, the song we're going to play is uh, is called Prom. 
put yourself in time out And yet so hot and full of inquiry and actually sex. It's a very sexual album, very um, very explicit actually, but I love the way that she really owns her sexuality and owns all of the ups and downs of that on this record. Yeah, she's a, she's a star who's becoming an icon pretty quickly. Uh, the, the artist is SZA, uh, if you don't know, it's S-Z-A, and uh, the record control is spelled T- C-T-R-L. Yep. Uh, let's talk about daddy issues. Let's go to daddy issues. Well, Sis is talking about some daddy issues on her record, but we are talking about the band Daddy Issues from my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Three young women, Jenna Moynihan, Jenna Mitchell, and Emily Maxwell, uh, who are on Infinity Cat, a great label that features lots of awesome rock bands like Jeff the Brotherhood and many others. Daddy Issues um, is part of this incredible wave of women in indie rock that just is, forget, it's not a wave, it's like an entire ocean. It's it's a current, it's, it's overwhelming how many amazing young women are making powerful rock music right now, uh, ranging from Bully, Downtown Boys, Priests, Torres, EMA, St. Vincent, Diet Sig, Sheer Mag, it just goes on and on. So many amazing uh, women making loud rock, quiet rock, you know, all kinds. And and Daddy Issues is, is part of that wave. Uh, they released a wonderful record this year called Deep Dream that reaches back to kind of 90s grunge and shoegaze, but also sounds very now, very present, um, very much about young women's experience in the world, trying to find their power. And in fact, it it contains a song that speaks directly to the Me Too movement. And I think that's where we're going to hear that song right now. It's called I'm Not.
See, I wish everybody would listen to that song when they have the question of what happens to a girl or a woman when they experience uh, sexual assault or sexual harassment because that song is about how your self-image is so deeply affected about how you become that person who says, I'm so dumb, even though it's not because of anything you did. It's because you were violated. And I really love that, that Emily Maxwell, the drummer who wrote that song, confronts how the ramifications of uh, these kinds of acts just ripple through uh, women's lives. It's, it's really powerful. And also why so many people wait so long before... Mm-hmm having the courage to say something. Absolutely. And this year, a lot of women have had the courage to say something, and I'm really, really glad. Not only in, you know, in music as well. And I think of all those records who confront these issues. Jessica Lee Midfield's record about um, surviving an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. The Crutchfield sisters, I don't know, it just goes on and on. There's so many. There was an an incident this year that that bubbled on a a private face group uh, page that eventually took down the band Powerbottom, who we had at our South by Southwest event and at the Tiny Desk. It was an album, their second album, Pageant, was an album lots of us were looking forward to. And along came allegations of sexual misconduct against Ben Hopkins, one of the two members of the of the group. Uh, there was a tweet that went out um, that said, uh, hey all, uh, just a PSA from Ben from Powerbottom is a known sexual predator, uh, perpetrator of multiple assaults, etc. It all happened right when the record was to come out, and a lot unfolded over the next few weeks, but it resulted in the band not just canceling shows, but it came down to Polyvinyl, the label, taking it off of both physical copies and digital copies and everything, and it's as if the band didn't exist at all. Ben Hopkins uh, took a while to try to figure out who the person even was, and then uh, realizing it, uh, understood the interactions to be fully consensual. Um, they had communications uh, beyond the incident uh, that was described by the accuser in, in uh, Jezebel in an interview. Yeah, I mean, they issued several statements kind of disputing some of the details, but trying to walk that line between acknowledging the, the what the victims had experienced and, and sort of their side of the story. You know, here's the thing. Rock and roll is based, I mean, not to be a bummer or a downer, but, you know, rock and roll is based on certain power relationships. It's always been a boy's game in many ways, even though now we're we're experiencing this incredible moment of women really, I think, dominating the genre, and you know, especially in indie music. These situations have existed throughout the history of rock and roll and in the indie world, and I think many people in the indie world thought that we were safe. I'll include myself in that statement. You know, this was supposed to be a safe zone apart from these kinds of of power dynamics and women being exploited. But one thing we're learning is that that's just not the case. You know, it is not the case. There are many, many reasons for it from the, you know, kind of foundational elements of rock and roll to the way touring works, to the way the relationship between a fan and a musician works, to just the larger issues of these relationships. And I think it is so hard to see artists that you love, whose music you love, to see the side of them being exposed. But but I believe that that we are going to have something new on the other side of this whole process 
that to me maybe it'll be a whole new art form yeah. but if it honors women equally then that's what we need I think a lot of us were really shocked by how swift the ramifications were the reaction was and how thorough it was uh, like Bob said it was almost as though the band never existed and it happened so fast uh, I think if this had happened this fall instead of May we might not have been as surprised Yes. Yeah, Since but, then, there have been other accusations. Jesse Lacey of the band Brand New, yeah. um, uh, someone in the band Pine Grove, uh, all the way up to Russell Simmons, the mogul. There's many accusations now. This has been a year of great reckoning. And yes. I think that is only going to continue. I mean, the, the ground is shifting under our feet constantly. And as you said, Anne, uh, th- there really is a tremendous creative opportunity to come out of it. If if more decisions are, are being made, more gatekeepers are women, we're going to get different music and new stories are going to be told. And that is a tremendous opportunity for amazing creative results. You know, as, as a woman who's uh, devoted her life to loving popular music and loving rock and roll. I've spent my entire life dealing with the fact that I have loved music by bad men, <laughs> by men who have done bad things, even if they're not essentially bad in their souls. They have, you know, they have wronged other people. They have wronged women. And I have struggled with this and, and I continue to struggle with this. I don't think we should have simple uh, responses. I think we have to at once have a simple response, which is no man should be allowed to abuse a woman, and a complicated response, which is music captures and expresses desire, and that is thorny territory. But you always have to have the simple and the complex at once. That has to be our goal. It's really hard. I know that sometimes people are suffering, but it is just such a necessary conversation. Yeah. And I'm not sure anyone, I, I know I certainly haven't found, I don't, I'm not sure anyone has found a, an answer to that question. Uh, how do you regard uh, someone you love when they do something that's really awful or are accused of doing something really awful? Um, I don't know how to answer that. It's, it's a conflict that's just been going back and forth and bouncing around in my brain for months now. I was raised Catholic. I'm not really a practicing person anymore, but I was raised with this, the uh, words hate the sin, love the sinner. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's an idea. I don't know. Take people account, make people accountable for their actions. Those are a few things that occur to me. Well, it actually, for me, it kind of leads into the next song I wanted to talk about from what I think is the pop record of the year, one of my very favorite albums of the year, uh, an album called Rainbow by a pop star named Kesha. And Yeah, my number one record of the year, too. That's your number one record of the year? Well, yeah, it was until you picked it. <laughs> it's not my it, I, thanks, it's, Steven. It's in my top. Th- it's in my top three. <laughs> you I, it, male taking my power. <laughs> it is my. It is. Wow. It's not. It's not necessarily my. It is one of my very top albums of the year. I haven't. I haven't ranked them yet. Um, but, I'm glad you love it. Uh, it, it. It makes me so happy, and at the same time, uh, there is some. There is some real thematic weight behind it. Um, Kesha had a a, a big, big hit single over the summer called Praying. It is her response to a very uh, traumatic experience. Uh, She has accused um, her producer, Dr. Luke, of of sexual misconduct, sexual mistreatment. This went, went through this lengthy court process. And she was able to come out on the other side of it uh, with this record in her hand. And the song Praying feels like an anthem for Me Too. Um, But it also 
comes with this grace and sense of forgiveness and this this sense of moving on from these traumas a, a, a better person and a prouder person and a stronger person. This is one of the most kind of tear-jerking songs I've heard on the radio in a while, performed with remarkable intensity. Uh, but it's also part of this larger record that has a lot of joy and silliness on it. Uh, I, I just love it. The album's called uh, called Rainbow, and this song is praying. among other things one of the most intense concert experiences I've had in a long time and Anne Powers you actually wrote a, a really gorgeous essay about a Kesha concert that you had seen the amount of the amount of power and uh, emotion in the room that just seemed Insane. to lift it, it seemed like every song that she played was just kind of carried on the outstretched hands of the audience it was remarkable absolutely I think there's more at stake with the Kesha record, and I love it, but uh, Lord put out the best pop record this year. Mm, I disagree. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Becca Moncari is an artist that you love dearly, and also that intersection of sexuality, of music and politics, uh, strays in her Americana music. Yeah, well, you know, Nashville's a great place to be for many different reasons. Uh, one reason is because there are these incredible musical communities here, and uh, Becca Mankari is is part of one of my favorite scenes in Nashville. She is an, a new voice, one who incidentally was recommended to me by two people. One of them was Alinda Sagara from Hooray for the Riff Raff, who made an incredible record this year called The Navigator as well. And the other was Brittany Howard of Alabama Shakes, with whom Becca performs in another group called Bermuda Triangle. Becca's album, Good Woman, expresses her reality as a queer woman, as um, the daughter of a Puerto Rican mother, and and uh, as you know, someone who's trying to remake Americana music to have a bigger sound, but also it takes us into a new sonic space for Americana music. 
And this is what I truly love about it. Becca talks about how in many ways when she's singing, when she's performing, she almost feels that she's moving beyond any particular gender role. And her sound moves beyond the cliches of roots music. It's much more atmospheric. It's, it's connected to rock. It's connected to Neil Young. Um, it's subtle. I'm not saying it sounds like some, you know, Eno-esque adventure in the great beyond, but it is to me a way to look at roots music that is very 21st century and goes to a new place. So let's hear a song by Becca Mankari. great atmosphere yeah just want to shout out uh, the guitarist Juan Solorzano who plays beautiful licks on that record along with the pedal steel player Blake Reams I just love the kind of wide expanse that she creates and she uses repetition it kind of reminds me of that big thief record actually <sighs> the way she uses uh, repetition and and atmospherics to uh, expand her storytelling palette uh, speaking of atmospherics, the Moses Sumney record was one of the most beautiful atmospheric records of uh, of the year, and it also deals with sexuality. He tries to get at a Los Angeles artist. He tries to get at this idea of uh, understanding human relationships and understanding the way couples work and how we're drawn to one another. and And what if you don't feel that way? What if you're not drawn there? And the record's called A Romanticism, and it deals with the idea of, of romantic love and or the lack thereof and wondering if you know if you don't have it if if you're doomed in fact there's a whole song on there called <laughs> doomed it's that questioning thing and uh i just want to play a little bit of, of moses something which is truly one of the most beautiful records for me of 2017 this is uh this is doomed All alone, Does fulfillment come? And I expel from this mortal shell. We're at death for living love. How am I to if not as that? 
feelings of high painted ceilings I, I the first time i saw moses somebody was a church in iceland oh, he was playing all alone mm. with a loop pedal and i had no idea who this guy was and he just blew me away and i said please please come to washington play a tiny desk concert would you he said yes as soon as i finished my record it took him three years to make this oh, record wow. a romanticism <laughs> and then he came played a tiny desk concert it was one of the most beautiful ones we've ever done started at another end of the room on a piano and walked over to the band playing behind the desk anyway Moses Sumney yeah a romanticism no one thing Bob I was thinking about when you were talking about seeing him three years ago is that what the internet has given us is a chance to see these artists evolve Moses Sumney's sound three years ago I wouldn't necessarily have thought it would have led to this record and I'm so happy to have been on the journey with him as a fan for a while and I don't know if you had that experience with him as well indeed indeed it and it is thrilling that the, the little tidbits you get from artists and tastes you not the quite the isolation we used to have when an artist disappeared. Uh, I think this is a good time to take a break. We're uh, we're almost through the third quarter, and uh, we'll talk about some of the people who passed, and we'll also play a song that meant a great deal to us, and we'll play those songs uh, in their entirety. So let's take a break. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Red Bull Radio. Whether it's the latest dance hall out of Kingston, techno from Berlin, underground hip-hop, or old soul gems, Red Bull Radio is the place to tune in and discover great music that's new to you. With in-depth interviews and live performances from festivals around the globe, plus music hand-picked by influential artists, journalists, and DJs, you'll know what you were looking for when you hear it. Listen at RedBullRadio.com. I'm talking with Ann Powers and Nashville Robin Hilton and Stephen Thompson here in Washington, D.C. We're sort of doing a chronological walk through uh, 2017. We're almost through the third quarter, but Robin has one more record that... Uh, it, it may be the, the one thing that I'm the most excited to talk about, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Really? More than Kendrick? Yes, I I think so. You know, this this whole year everyone's just everyone's been so depressed and freaked out and panicking and getting over 2016 and protesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just there's just there's Fear been a lot, a lot of a lot. There's just a lot this year. And I I was thinking at one point, you know, where, where are the artists who just want to chill out and rock, man? You know, where's <laughs> where's the slacker rock? Well, enter the band Partner. It's two young women from Canada. They go by the name Partner. It's Jose Caron and Lucy Niles. Uh, they put out a record in September called In Search of Lost Time, and it is just a stoner party rock album with lots of shredding. Uh, like, there's this one song called Comfort Zone. I'm not going to play but it has the line, I'm talking frozen pizza, sweatpants on, loading up the next dance moms, which is a, which is a <laughs> reality TV show. And, you know, all the songs are about getting high and skipping school and staying home just to watch TV and hanging out with your friends and not doing much. Uh, and I want to play the uh, opening cut uh, from Partner and the record in search of lost time. It's called Everybody Knows.
This is really the reason that your voice is gone. It's not the party. That's just, that's BS. You have to hold it a long time. I want to skip ahead to the end of the song here just so you can hear the shredding that, right. that they do. Listen to this. <laughs> Oh my lord! Gotta love that. Robin's on his Save back. the women and children. <laughs> yeah. He's been healed. So just they're so funny. There's, there's this bit in the song we didn't hear where you say, "I was too high to be left alone on the internet, let alone in public." Uh, but I had a class I had to go to, <laughs> so I dragged my ass to Chodes because I knew she had to go too. And I'm out on the deck while I waited for her to get dressed, and I sparked up another one. And I was just such a mess. I had to confess that my professor wouldn't look me in the eye. But all the songs are just full of so much just this unbridled they're just so chill and funny and fun and you want to hang out with them when you listen to this record and you know i'm just going to echo what what ann said what you said earlier ann you know for all the talk about the death of guitar you know like guitar sales are, are way down it's not the dominant instrument in most in the most popular music it was a phenomenal year for guitar rock and yes and most of it seemed to come from younger bands dominated by women yeah. some you didn't mention jay sum mm-hmm. charlie bliss vagabond pale yep. hound chastity belt girl oh, pool yeah. i mean the list just goes yeah. on you could make a top 20 list of the top 20 mm-hmm. guitar rock band or albums of 2017 and i think they'd all be relatively newer bands even waxahachie is still a relatively newer band i credit moment. girls rock camps this is my Yay. theory this hey is my wait theory. a minute i credit girls rock camp. <laughs> <laughs> i did that last year Stephen. did you <laughs> yes i think so well we, you, I'm know, a, you know yeah. i'm all about girls rock camp it, this this record in search of lost time Go out and listen to it. It is like they, in, in between every song, they have these little vignettes that are funny, phone calls with friends, with their parents, and they're just so dry and droll. You know, it's, it's funny, Robin, you play this record, but one of the things that you, you didn't play that, that this could be a, a year first, which was a, there's no Weezer. There's no <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, we, and, we, and there was a Weezer record. There's no, but, there was no Beck and there was a Beck record. We didn't play any St. Vincent and there was a St. Vincent record. Right. Yeah, this was a year where a lot of artists that were just, I love so much and have loved for a long time, they put out records that, I wouldn't say they were bad records, they just weren't the record I wanted necessarily from them. You know, Beck went all pop, Weezer went all pop, and I, you know, I had good conversations with both of them about why they did it, and I respected it and understood it. Um, St. Vincent, certainly one of the top five guitarists making music now, hands down, and she, you know, mostly eliminated it from her record. Again, I respect it, understand why she did it, but I, it made it a lot harder for me to connect with these records. The Taurus record? Taurus record was the Which same I thing. Love like, that I record, was but so yes. excited to get that record. Yeah, and I listened record. to it all the way through several times. I was like, okay, I get what she's doing. It's, it's good. It's not 
what I wanted to hear. I think given Rutgers... I got to defend Torres, though. Helen yeah. in the Woods just kills. Come on, that song is a monster. I, I, yeah. I'm with you on that one, Anne. And, but the quantity, and I talked about this at the top of the show, the quantity of, of material this year is out of this world. Uh, spending Ugh. lots of time with records was really, really hard. Well, yes. I, also, I also think that there's an inevitable fatigue around artists that we, where you've heard a number of their records. And I, I, I sort of took note of how many artists were really, really huge from, say, 2005 to 2007, kind of that range, and put out records this year. And I felt like, oh, man, this is this band has become a legacy You're act. thinking of Arcade Fire, aren't I'm you? I'm thinking <laughs> of Arcade Fire. I'm thinking of LCD Sound System, an album that, that yeah. I just didn't yeah. click with me at all. Definitely the Beck Robin. I thought the Grizzly Bear record uh, just fell very flat for me. And I think a lot of it is, some of it is just familiarity some of it is just i'm more interested in kind of new bands with with new energy i don't know though i have to say like both mavis staples and sharon jones with her she and the dap kings her last record those both of those records just absolutely lived up to everything those artists have done before uh mavis collaborating with jeff tweedy this is an ongoing collaboration so maybe you have to be like a soul queen to (laughs) be able to continue your legacy but they're doing it yeah and i don't mean and i don't mean to be ageist i don't mean to say like everybody over the age of 28 should not (laughs) i'm saying like there there was a for me a lull in a lot of the the music that we were so excited about 10 years ago Ah, who needs them? We have so much new music now. I like them. I like. <laughs> I'm the, just kidding. <laughs> I like the national kidding. record quite a bit. I like the Iron and Wine record quite a bit. There are exceptions, but I I, I want to add though, if, if I can, just to to be fair with the. I also spend a lot more time with records than I normally do, like records that I didn't immediately connect with, like the Beck record. At the end, I decided this Beck record's better than I thought it was. You know, like I had completely dismissed it. For the Weezer record, the more I spent time with it, I thought this is better than I thought it was. So I, I, I'm not sure what made me do that, but I found myself giving records second, third, fourth chances this year. And I usually go for the thing that's going to be immediately grabby uh, rather than the growers or the ones that I have to kind of dig into and sit with for a while. But um, it paid off in some cases this year. This year was a year, as we were putting all our year-end lists as NPR Music, which uh, NPR Music's year-end list comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, and then the songs list on Wednesday. And unlike other years, the amount of people voting for that those top records in quantity yeah. was very diminished. It was very spread out. Other than something like, let's say, Kendrick Lamar, there was such widespread voting amongst us. And I wonder about this quantity of music. I mean, in one way, the beauty of the quantity is that more and more people are getting to express themselves. There are more people making things than just being passive listeners. And I love that about our culture. And I wonder if that just keeps going and we all just become a culture of creators because we can because there are tools out there for people who are like myself who couldn't play an instrument who began to be able to play an instrument because of things like uh, computers to help make music and i think a lot of people make music who are not they can't read music they can't write music but they can make music because of new tools and i just wonder if we are fortunate and living in an age where we're a creator society as much as a one that takes it in I live in a creator city. I mean, I live in a place where so many people play music and I definitely feel the collaboration and the sort of ongoing spirit of connection among musicians is is one of the great things about Nashville. And that, you know, even aside from 
any particular release or any particular star. Margot Price, who put out an amazing record this year mm-hmm. too, All American Made, she's a great example of someone who lives within a community and always will be connected to that community. And her exceptionalism, her stardom, only lifts everybody up. So I'm I'm choosing to hear what you're saying, Bob, as a form of shine theory where we all lift each other up, whether we're creators or listeners or those lines blur in the future. This is something we've actually talked about, I think, on the wrap-up show for the last three or four years, just the vol- sheer volume of oh, music volume, that, yeah. that comes out. And, you know, I remember early on uh, in All Songs Considered, like 15 years ago, we would get maybe three or 400 CDs, physical CDs, in a week. And now we'll get 400 emails a day yeah. with downloads for songs <laughs> and albums and new, new bands you've never heard of. It's yeah. absolutely impossible. And so I'm going to ask all of you to pick one song that really did it for you this year. And we're going to play that song. You ready? Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. No. Good. Uh, Stephen, you go first. All right. Uh, From my album of the year, um, Sylvan Esso, a band that I've loved since they first came out a few years ago, uh, made this beautiful record about falling in love and staying in love. And it is this swoony, romantic, but also just like springy and inventive and fun kind of electro pop record that gets very deep and very fun. And sometimes it combines the two in this song called Die Young. I had an old plan that before you met me was gonna leave early and so swiftly. Maybe in a fire or crash off a ravine, people would weep how tragic so early. I was gonna die young
A mix of nihilism and romance. It's like catnip. <laughs> St- to me. Steven's sweet spot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hearing this, I just, it makes me think. Nah, I gotta re- look at my you, ten, top ten list again. If, if you're gonna listen to albums two and three times, this Stephen is right. Okay. Oh, I just oh said that. wow, it's That's on my tape. Isn't it? Uh, it is an album. Where, it's not gonna make it in my top ten, but. It is a record, really, every time I go back to it, I really love this record. Uh, Ann Powers, one song in this massive year of releases. I thought when uh, you asked for one song, you were asking for a song that could lead us into 2018. And this is also a song that made a huge impression on me, and I think it's a great song, one of the great, greatest songs released, but it was just released. It's by one of my absolutely favorite artists, Brandy Carlisle, who I think should be a mega superstar, and hopefully maybe with this record she's releasing next year called By the Way I Forgive You, produced by Nashville's studio hero Dave Cobb, maybe that will happen. This song is an anthem about compassion, about love, about young people finding their path. I guess it revives that now kind of old phrase, it gets better. It's called The Joke, and I I just... It makes me feel hopeful, so I wanted us to all float out on this beautiful song by Brandy Carlisle. You're feeling nervous, aren't you, boy? With your quiet voice an impeccable style Don't ever let them steal your joy And your gentle ways To keep them from running wild They can kick dirt in your face Dress you down and tell you That your place is in the middle When they hate the way you shine Tugging on your shirt Trying to hide inside of it And hide how much it hurts Let them live while they can Let them spin Let them scatter in the wind I have been to the moon Discouraged, don't you, girl? It's your brother's world for a while longer. You gotta dance with the devil on a river to beat the stream. Call it living the dream, call it kicking the ladder. They come to kick dirt in your face, to call you weak and then. You have to carry in your baby on your back across the desert I saw your eyes behind your hair And you're looking tired But you don't look scared Let 
featuring strings by Paul Buckmaster, the great Whoa, really? late uh, Paul Buckmaster, who also worked with people like Elton John, Rolling yeah. Stones, I don't know, millions of people. You know, uh, he died right after he did this project, weirdly. So uh, it's I missed that maybe his last great work. Wow. I've got yeah. a lot more listening to do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks time. a lot, Anne. <laughs> Anne. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a song that uh, I know we talked about a lot on All Songs Considered and on the blog. Uh, it was a song by Big Thief. Yeah. Big Thief record is, uh, is it's my number one album of, of the year. And it's filled with great uh, mix of guitar and voice and storytelling and the way those all those things intertwine is just what makes a great record. They'll, it's not just the words that stand out, and it's not just the music, but it's the way they work together to make them make the whole record great. But this song that I want to play called "Mary" yes. is just Adrian Lenker, the singer, uh, a songwriter, and a piano, and. She speaks a lot about the memories of her grandparents and being at her grandparents' house. The first time she ever played the melody of this song was on a piano in her grandparents' house. It is just an absolute stunner of a song. Uh, And so uh, let's play Mary. Burn up with the water the floods around the plains The planets in rows Who knows what they contain And my brain is like an orchestra Playing on insane Cheap drink, dark and violet, full of butterflies, the fire. 
did you tell me, Mary, when you were there so sweet and very full of fields and stars you carried all of time? Oh, in heavens, when you looked at me, your eyes were like machinery, your hands were making artifacts in the corner of my mind. Monastery, monochrome. Adrienne Laker said she remembers the smells. Her grandmother was very much into cinnamon. She remembers the smells, and the song is sort of about a, a best friend. The the way the rhythm of that song happens reminds me of a like a child's jump rope song. Hey, my name is <laughs> Allison. My hundred mm. and there's something about the flow of that that was very childlike to me. That, that when I first heard the song I really didn't know what it was about but it made me think of childhood and it all kind of connects as you dive deep into this uh, extraordinary song I I uh, knew I'd like this record I knew because I like Big Thief I knew I would like this I was not expecting to be floored by it like I was I this absolutely floored me not just the song the whole album yeah this is a top five album for you same for me. it's the same. first year uh, I can remember that the same band has made it into my top five two years running masterpiece last year and this year again so Robin Hilton we leave it to you to take us out save the best for last <laughs> okay. oh we're out of time oh, oh. good night everybody oh, slam <laughs> he was just going to play weezer anyway <laughs> no i'm going to play the, the play the lord record that i talked about uh, briefly earlier in the show you know i uh, i mentioned how i spent more time with records and the lord record is a perfect example of how rewarding that turned out to be uh, in some cases i had dismissed this record uh, when i first heard it but it's uh, just more friends were talking about it and i was starting to see it on people's lists i was like all right fine i'll go back and sit and listen to it and the more I listened the more I started getting into the stories that she tells and the more I began to understand that you know this is an album by a young person about the just this knot of feelings and experiences that people have in youth it's it's very much her life and where she is in her life I'm not the target audience right for this but I am capable of empathy and understanding and there are movies I love uh, about characters that I can't begin to identify with but whose stories uh, leave me feeling something and I feel so empowered in a way when I listen to this record it is very life-giving Lord has this gift for turning grief and loss into uh, and insecurities, the sort of insecurities that so many young people have. She has a way of turning them into this celebration. It's like and the song I want to play is called Green Light. And when you listen to the song, she's really revealing her insecurities and saying, you know, like, I'd really like to get my stuff and move on, but I can't. But... 
This song has this four on the floor kick and the syncopated piano that kick in on the drop that just say, you know what, she remains defiant and determined to turn this into something positive and move on in her life in some new direction that she never could have imagined without having gone through that grief. And this whole record, it's just a celebration of life, of warts and all. When I listen to this song, Green Light, in my car, I'm just cranking it and I'm just like feeling like I'm driving off the cliff. Your poor kids. No, they love this song. They love this record. That's what I want to leave people with in 2017. This, everybody, no matter where you come on the spectrum, political, social, cultural, otherwise, everyone was left with whiplash this year. And, yes. and fatigue. Mm-hmm. And a song like this and an album like this is, to me, it's very centering. It's a focusing on what matters most, and that is uh, living your life and forging on. Beautiful. Let's go. Yeah. That was great, everybody. But there's so much we didn't talk about before we play Robin's Picks. Uh, I know that uh, for me, for example, the Laura Marling record and the Cigarettes After Sex records and yeah. the Sin Cain record, the Alani record, were all this Harding. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot to <laughs> mention her today on the show. Yeah, all good. Perfume Genius. Oh, my gosh. That is no, a talk about Ico. Perfume Genius. Jeez. That was my favorite show. One of my maybe my favorite show of the year next to Kesha was Perfume Genius. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. Uh, I really love this singer songwriter Allison Pierce, who made a record that I think most people slept on. Phoebe Bridgers, one of my favorite new artists of the year. I've talked about her all year. Uh, that Jason Isbell record sneaked up yes. on me at the last second. There's a song on it called "If We Were Vampires," that. Wow, it speaks to a lot of stuff for me, and I just listen to that one over and over and over and over again. Waxahachie, that's the one I listen to over and over again. Um, Katie Crutchfield has just completely come into her own as a musician, as a songwriter, as a woman. It's an incredible record. You know, Bob, you gave me a hard time about not playing someone like Beck or Weezer, how I didn't play that much. Uh You know who else I didn't play who put out a record this year? Granddaddy. And it was a great record. (laughs) No, I mean, we used to, you know, it was the first one in 10 years. And and it was so good. And um, Mount Erie, A Crow Looked at Me, was the most heartbreaking record of the year easily. There was great Southern rap. Big Crit put out a great record this year. Um, Robert Cray with the high rhythm section, Mm. returning to absolute form, breaking through to new form. Don Bryant, this amazing Memphis singer or songwriter, soul man who's been around for decades. He's 70-something years old, made an amazing record on Fat Possum. One of my favorite live performances this year, too, is seeing him in Nashville this year. God, that was incredible. Oh, my gosh. I just remembered Missy Elliott dropped a song back at the beginning. I'm better. (laughs) I mean, we didn't get a record, but that was huge. Yeah, that's that like me? January. That's the bef- that's the before times. I don't even remember that. But yeah, uh, an Australian singer named Gordy, who I really love. I thought Beth Ditto from Gossip made a really, really sharp kind of pop rock record. That song, Fire. She's very overlooked record. That's definitely. an overlooked record. That's a very, very good one. Don't sleep on that one. Uh, Overcoats. That's a Bob oh Boylan favorite. Yeah, uh, so just a charm offensive. Uh, love that record. Just, yeah, it's Embarrassment of Riches. Joan Shelley. My God. One of my Should favorites. Should we just this out as, as we're going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Our, our oh, Emily list. Haynes. I'm sorry. Oh, Emily Haynes yeah, had a yeah. record her first. Did we mention Wait. Julian Baker? Kaylani. No, Alt J's record. I love Daniel Caesar. I'm just like going to list R&B artists because it was the most amazing year for R&B. Absolutely. Our personal lists go up later this week as well, so more to explore. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Anne. All right. Thanks, you guys. I do my makeup in somebody else's car. 
We ordered different drinks at the same bars I know about what you did and I wanna scream the truth She thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar Well, those great whites, they have big teeth Oh, they bite you Thought you said that you would always be in love But you're not in love No more Did it frighten you? How we kissed when we danced on the light of floor On the light of floor But I hear sounds in my mind Brand new sounds in my mind Support for this podcast and the following message come from Internet Essentials from Comcast. Connecting more than 6 million low-income people to low-cost, high-speed Internet at home. 
so students are ready for homework, class, graduation, and more. Now they're ready for anything. 